Thank you for tuning in to the Educational Leadership Podcast. We are meeting with educational leaders from around the great state of Texas. Hear their stories and gain insights into educational leadership. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining the Educational Leadership Podcast. We have four special guests, one of them being our co-host, Corinne French, and we're going to talk about women in leadership in, in public education. And um, all of the people we're interviewing today are from Texas. We have Creslin Fannin from Austin ISD, Executive Director, Barbara Burns, Trustee at Denton ISD, Corinne French, TASB Director, Region 11, and Valley View ISD Trustee and President, and Faye Ballou, Retired Trustee from Hewless, Hurst Hewless Bedford, and past TASB President. Thank you all for being on the podcast today. Thanks, Gary. It's so fun to be here on the other side of this. <laughs> Definitely. This is going to be a fun conversation, and um, I'm looking forward to learning, and I know uh, those listening in are looking forward to learning. Um, there's so many different perspectives in education, and um, leadership is so important. And now that we have this big group on the podcast, we can, we can hear uh, different uh, viewpoints, have a diversity of viewpo- viewpoints, and um Let's kick things off. So, who you know, all of y'all can answer this, or one of you can answer this. What for those listening in? What does it really mean to be? Um, I mean, what's the mission, or what does it mean to be a woman leader in education? What explain? You know, when you hear it, you kind of get some ideas on what it is. But if y'all could explain that, that would be that'd be great. Well, I'll take that one. You know, Gary, um, at this day and time. It is just such a pleasure to work with these dynamic ladies here. Um, Each of them carry a torch in their school districts, leading the charge for all things public education. And I'm so excited to be a part of uh, this dynamic group of ladies to work with them with our sessions um, that we lead and facilitate on women in leadership. Um, You know, there's not a lot of uh, women that serve on school boards and serve in higher leadership positions in in, uh, public education. And so that's one of the reasons why we wanted to uh, take this concept of women in leadership and just begin to explore all the reasons why, but all the reasons why not. Um, And so it's just a great time uh, for us to share that information and get some feedback from our women leaders of how they paved um, the road to get there. What were the obstacles that they had to come up against and how did they overcome those challenges that they incurred? And so we're really just excited to bring all this information forward and just share out. Um, But interesting enough, when we do our sessions and uh, we facilitate, we actually have a lot of men that want to come in and learn as well. They want to know, well, what is it going to take to get more women uh, to lead and what is it that they can do to participate in that? Any of them also have, I'm sorry, go ahead, Barbara. I was just saying, and particularly in public education, the majority of teachers are female, yet they don't advance into those leadership roles with all of the knowledge that they have in the classroom and have to deal with so many of the, the factors and issues. So it's important for us as women to help others become leaders so that they can bring that wealth of knowledge to improve the educational system for the betterment of our students. And that encourager role is really important. That's a big part of who we are and what we do. Because when we're talking to a room full of women and even men who are there, 
a lot of them because they have daughters that they want to see succeed. We are there to light that spark, to encourage them to step out and be who they really want to be. It's the, the desire is there. They just need that encouragement to step forward and step into those roles. And we aspire also to bring young women along. Uh, many times we have the opportunity to serve as role models for young women who are looking for their place and their opportunity to step forward and lead. And just providing that little bit of encouragement, you can do this. Uh, Corinne is, is, has a saying that I just love and I repeat it everywhere I go. Don't wait till you're perfect to lead. You're, you're going to make mistakes, but step out, do it, get started. And then the tribe will come around you and provide that support you need to course correct a little bit and provide what you need to move forward in your own role. Yeah, I think, and while this session is, we're really focusing on women in leadership, it's not a comparison of how women lead differently necessarily than men. It's, it is truly just an encouragement of how we're doing this. And, and so it's, there's never any hints of male bashing. We all have um, great relationships with men and many of us have been mentored by men. But the, I think the point is that women tend to wait until things are perfect before they become leaders. And so um, I love that Dr. Ballou uh, uses that because imperfect women can make very good decisions. And so it, it's important that we show other women, don't wait for perfection. Don't wait for the perfect time in your life to lead. Got it, got it. And it, th that makes perfect sense. So I, and I do see the part of y'all setting the example, right? So you, so y'all are, um, and I, I know obviously know Corinne better than everyone uh, here on the podcast right now, but just her, she's very inspiring to me, you know, her getting her doctorate and you know, just everything she has going on uh, is very inspiring. And I can see how y'all are inspiring to, to, uh, to other, other women um, who, who want to be in leadership. What is, what's the biggest hurdle, right? So is it, confidence among those teachers and not believing in themselves is it men is there still that that and that issue within i know i know it, there, it's a historic issue um but is it still there where men are are holding women back you know from positions in leadership um i get the point of the movement and it's definitely needed and and definitely inspiring i'm just so so what's that what's what's the what's the what's the hurdle that, that the biggest hurdle, I guess, there's probably several. Okay, we're going to fight for the opportunity to talk about this one because <laughs> you go. We'll let Dr. Ballou go first. How about Dr. Ballou? Uh, there are a lot of contributing factors. The one to me that seems to be the biggest is that women are expecting to do this huge balancing act that men are not. Uh, women have so many uh, stereotypical traditional roles that are assigned to them. They're the backbone of a family. They're responsible for keeping everybody on schedule and getting them to where they need to be when they need to be there, making sure all their needs are supplied. I mean, the laundry's done, there's groceries in the pantry, uh, clothes are presentable, uh, uh, all of the things that a family needs to keep it moving and, and, and stay on track. And yet at the same time, there is in her that natural desire to lead and to be everything she can be. And she may have gone through school and, and uh, built a resume to prepare herself to step into that role, but she's a wife, she's a mother, she's a leader in her church, she's a civic leader, and she's balancing all these things. And each of us has only 24 hours in a day. So we become crisis managers, 
We become great at prioritizing and managing our time and developing all of those skills we need to make sure we can, to some extent, do it all, but in a way that uh, uh, provides some self-care for ourselves and is meaningful to the people we're involved with. I'd like to chime in on this one. I think when, when in regards to education, I, I'm, I work in higher ed, but I feel like what I see is happening is that young women will enter the teaching field and they want to be teachers and they're great teachers and they're not thinking of, let me get to the highest place in this district, the highest paying place in this district. They're, they're thinking about being the, high, you know, the best teacher. And I think sometimes a man could enter a, a, a field and looking for the, where they can have the highest, um, what, what, what is the highest job or the highest paying salary job, whatever. So I think right from the start, I think it's not that men are holding women back. I think we are holding ourselves back. I, and I, I wonder like what would happen if we talked in teacher, teacher prep programs, look, I know you're going to be a great teacher. Mm -hmm. You should be a great teacher, do it. But at some point you might want to become principal. At some point you might want to become a campus administrator and that's okay. You don't have to wait until you're, you've done this 25 years to become an administrator, consider so getting someone like Dr. Fannin, who's in that field, if, if we can start can talk, talking to these young women to consider that, just, just to say, I think you would be a great principal. I think if we did that to young teachers, we're not dismissing the fact that they're great teachers. We're just saying, I see you as being an administrator. And she is an administrator. And I'm wondering, <laughs> like, did someone tap you and notice that? Yeah, you? but it was later on in life. Um, it was the things that I didn't know about conferences such as these, such as TASB, um, such as toss a midwinter. No one ever talked to me about those things to say, as a teacher, you can come to these events, come to these activities, come to this professional development and get some of the same information as well. No one tapped me to say, this is how you grow. You always think that you had to do it from the back seat. So I think our goal here is to come together to build this network to be the cheerleader for that young lady to say, you can do this too, and you can do it now. You don't have to wait 10, 15, 20 years. Um, one of the things that we talk about in women in leadership is that men sometimes will apply for a job that they're nowhere near qualified. Women, we will go through and look at every single responsibility and role to see, do we check it off before we even think about putting in an application to apply? And so we wanna encourage them that if that's something that you are interested in, go for it. Even for the experience of getting the interview, but guess what? You just may get it. Very nice, very nice. Um, so I'm hearing, I'm hearing several things here. Um, so we have a mindset. Um, teachers aren't, maybe, may not be thinking big enough, right? So they're seeing themselves as, hey, I'm gonna be a teacher, but not realizing they have the potential to be something greater or not necessarily greater, but something even uh, a different position that they may be qualified for, right? Um, so that's part of it. The other part of it is that um, that balance, right? So the uh, just the responsibilities of, of uh, being a mother, being a wife and being a, a working professional um, that's part of it as well. Not realizing that, you know, you can actually do this with all these other, uh, responsibilities. And then the, the third part that I heard was the, uh, just the characteristics of uh, women. They're, they're just different than men, um, where they want to make sure that they completely understand the role and not just apply for a role that they're not qualified for may not be quite as um, just just more uh, perfectionist. I don't know if that's the, the, the right way to put it. Um, 
Does that, does that sound right? Did I sum? Did I summarize? Uh, is that sum it up pretty well? Yes, I think so. Okay, okay. And I, I'm just trying for those listening in because you hear women in leadership, and you, you and I just want I, I want there to be a clear understanding of of what the goal is and what the mission is, and and that and that sort of thing. So, what does success look like, right? So, so we have very talented, educated women that are coming together, motivating each other to grow. Uh, so what does success look like? Uh, and this may be a hard question. Maybe there, maybe it's just a continuous thing. I'll take <laughs> success is inspiring others around you to be the best that they can be. And in doing so that you're achieving that satisfaction for yourself as well. Yeah. Got it. So, so there's not really like a goal or metric. It's more of like just embracing the process and just continuously supporting those around you. Okay. Okay. Do y'all ever get pushback from, uh, from other men and leadership roles? Like, Hey, these, you know, you know, these, these women are getting together and, you know, why can't men get together and do their thing? I mean, do you ever, do you ever hear much about that? Or does anybody ever say anything about that? I mean, in this group at Tossa Tasby, so the Texas Association of Schools and Texas for School Board Members, those associations that support superintendents and support board members, I would say no. They've been, I mean, right when we had this idea, um, they've been very like believing us and, yeah. and pushing for it and, and sending people our way. So I would, he in this situation, in this setting, no. Do you feel, I don't know if y'all, the rest of you feel. Not in this setting. The germ for this presentation came out of, um, a session that started with a um, TASB um, high-ranking leader who saw in his own research for his doctorate a need for women to further develop and take their place on school boards and in leadership positions in education. And he came to some of us and said, I think we could do a session that would encourage women, um, especially women among trustees, to step forward and, and move into some of those leadership positions. I see, he said he sees the potential and sees that uh, there is the opportunity for more women in those roles. And this, what, where we are now sort of grew out of that early session that he brought to us. Very good, very good. So there's some support there, um, at least out in the open, there's some support. Is there ever any, um, I don't know what the right word is where, where people are acting like they support, but there's not really, I mean, is it hundred percent buy-in uh, pretty much within the education system? I mean, is it well, I would say again here, I would say, yes. I mean, it, it, the whole session is going to be encouraging them. It's called inspiration for today, encouragement for tomorrow. Um, or maybe that's the other way around, but either way here, no, um, it's, I mean, I think, you know, there's, there could be some times where we might be saying something and maybe, maybe it's not, um, like I talk about being authentic and being, you know, really showing up as who you are as a leader, not being afraid. And there could be someone who say, that's really difficult in my role for me to show up as who I am. So even though, cause that's not something that's worked for them, um, maybe in their, in, in their experience. So I, I think sometimes all what we're sharing might not be exactly someone else's story, but it doesn't mean it's not, there's been no bad feelings. Uh, as a matter of fact, last week at our session, we repeat the session um, in San Antonio and then here today that we're going to repeat. Uh, and when we did this, you know, you're never really sure, you know, we're, we do this and we do it all the time. And so some of the same stories and it feels 
wonky maybe at times to say the same story, but every time I hear something when Faye um, talks about losing her son, that's something that's difficult. But when she shares that, that he, he passed away, I kind of came in and wanted to do the session right around that time. It felt weird to do that. Like this feels like a bad time to do that. But each of us have gone through some difficult times in the last couple of years. And each time we hear the story, it's like we're hearing it all over for the first time. And because it's, it's so important to us to love one another. And then our, our I think our, our audience and our participants feel that. And last week at San Antonio, a woman said, she's been on the board 13 years, an older woman. And she said, I lost my confidence this year and being in this session, I have it back. And the room just, I mean, we just, I couldn't stop crying. So that's success. You know, um, if one woman lost her confidence this year and together we're in this session together supporting her, she probably won't become my new best friend. But if she calls me and needs a little encouragement and, and I can help her continue to keep that confidence, then we're succeeding. So yeah, it's, the ba the barriers in this are are we blew them away. they're gone yeah. <laughs> it's this is yeah yep no awesome. barriers awesome and so y'all don't gang up on me for asking this question <laughs> so we have to go I, soon so we won't we promise we won't gang up on you okay okay so i, I said i was going to ask some you know maybe some different questions some tough questions whatever you want to call them so obviously there's a reason for um for this this uh, movement for for women in leadership, right? There, there's a reason for that, and and I'm kind of connecting this a little bit back to the the end. You know, what does success look like? Kind of like a goal or metric. Um, now, women in leadership are. Uh, I'm making some assumptions here. So that, so this this movement is kind of as a result of uh, it, it was needed because men uh, in the past, anyways, they they predominantly uh, had those types of leadership positions. And now that movement was created to, to get more women in those leadership positions. Is that, is that right? That's well, a piece yes. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I guess my, okay. And I guess my question is, <laughs> so that, that focus, there was a focus, you know, I need to get my history book out, but, but at, in a certain time period, there was a focus on men being in those positions. Right. And now there's a focus in women being in those positions, right? Will this will there ever be a point you think 25 years from now, 100 years from now, whenever, where maybe there's too much focus on gender, and I, you know, I, I, it could probably tie to other things as well. Um, I mean, I'm just wondering, do, do, you, do you ever get to a point where where everybody's on an equal playing field? I guess, and and there's not that as much focus on gender. Um, would that you think that'll ever happen 25, 50, 100 years from now? I think about Martin Luther King's speech where it was someday we won't judge people by the color of their skin, but by their character. And I'm hoping that that transcends color, gender, everything, where we start looking at people's characters and not other factors. And hopefully someday that that, that will be true. It, it'll it take 70 balance. years oh go ahead oh, no i was just gonna say it, it come back comes back to balance and as women come into boardrooms and they come into positions of leadership they bring a nurturing side of themselves that helps to balance the things that guys look for when you're approaching uh items for discussion on the dais it it makes that 360 circle of making sure all 
um, perspectives are included. If one side or the other is missing, then, then you're missing a necessary piece you need to make a, a data-informed decision. I, I, I go back to when we do facilities assessments in our districts and you do tours of the district, women go into locker rooms and see different things than guys see. But it takes both of, of those perspectives looking at what needs to change, whether it's in a facility or whether it's an approach to teaching in a classroom, Women and men see different things, and it takes all of those perspectives to give you that fully rounded, complete context for making good decisions. And Gary, I think that, you know, as more and more school districts are getting the professional development and training that we need surrounding around the conversation of equity, you're going to definitely start to see a change. Um, more and more districts are hiring uh, diversity officers, inclusion, equity officers to uh, make sure that when we put it in our mission and our vision that all means all, that we're going to educate all kids, that we're going to educate all of our teachers and work with all of our leaders, that we really are inclusive of everyone. And I think that um, you'll begin to see that shift to where in everything that we do, when we have a needs assessment, we're looking at it through a lens of equity. Very good, very good. Yeah, and I'm I'm a hundred percent in support of that too. I mean, I definitely see the different perspectives are needed, both you know, gender, race. Um, I mean, there's just backgrounds, experiences. There's just um, just d diversity of thought. Um, so it's it's definitely definitely needed. You definitely need that. Um, and I imagine it'll be a kind of, you know, Faye and I were talking a little bit before the podcast started about the changes in, in education that's happened over the years. And I, I imagine it'll be an, an evolving type of process to where um, eventually you get to that point where everybody is is um, on the same page, for lack of better words, and, and sharing and communicating and um, maybe not holding each other back for, for, um, for different types of reasons. So... Um, well, I really appreciate y'all being on on the podcast. Is uh, I, I wish we had a little bit more time. We we'll have to have y'all back on here. Maybe we can have them again. We can do a part two. <laughs> we can. Yeah, because I feel like we could branch off in a lot of different uh, conversations about about this topic. And um, so, obviously, there's a very talented women out there, strong leaders, highly educated, and um, so good luck to you all. I, I hope to see y'all. Uh, uh, continue to make very positive changes in, in, in the education system, especially here in Texas. And um, any last thoughts before we uh, close out the podcast? I just want to thank my colleagues. This has been the best three, four years of my leadership <laughs> journey. So I, I would never be the same without um, Dr. Faye Ballou, Dr. Cressland Fan, and, and Barbara um, Burns. We um, we literally feel, I feel, literally feel the love and support um, and we celebrate each step of the way. And so um, I want to thank them. Thank you for being on my podcast this morning. And I'm glad you get to, got to meet Gary, my co-host. And um, yeah, and for our listeners, um, just if you know a woman and you think, um, if you know a woman and she's doing anything, compliment her on that and, 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 and encourage her for that next step. When we, when we ask someone or we notice that we see something and that we need to act on that. And so um, encourage the women in your circle to not wait for perfection to lead. Imperfect women make great decisions. Absolutely. And this is inspired to me. I have two daughters and a third one going to be born next month. So uh, congratulations. congratulations. Yeah. Nice. I'll have to, when they get old enough, have them watch this podcast or listen to it. Yes. 
Well, before we close out, just want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Ideal Impact. Ideal Impact provides funding to school districts and churches, uh, over 700 churches, over 149 districts in Texas. They do this without uh, involving the government, without taxpayers. They do it through technology and energy. They fund the project. And um, so there's really doesn't cost the district a penny. So far, over $1.5 billion have been given. So if you're interested in um, additional funds for your district, unrestricted funds that could be used for anything, higher teacher salaries, scholarships, whatever you need, go to schooldistrictfunding.com. You'll see a video message from me, enter your information, and uh, we'll reach out to you. Thanks again for tuning in to the Educational Leadership Podcast and stay tuned for future episodes.